When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrino back to talk Amazing Race. Amazing Race 34 is just around the corner and we are back with a preview of the Amazing Race 34 cast. Let's welcome in our panel today to talk about this all, of course, with us. We cannot do it without her. Our chief Amazing Race correspondent here for Rob's podcast. It's Jessica Lee's Jess, how are you? I'm doing great, Rob. We were just talking before we started recording that um, this is the first time we've had two amazing race seasons in a year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, that was this year? Yeah. Because I have no concept of time anymore. Yeah. Would that start, what, the first week of January, Amazing Race 33 mm-hmm. for uh, the COVID season that they finished? And so um, that was fun. Yeah, it was great. It was, I was happy to have it back, but I feel like now maybe. This season will feel a little bit more like the amazing race that we have come to know and love. Okay. All right. And of course, a guy we know and love, he has previews of the amazing race cast up for parade.com. Please welcome back. Mike Bloom. Thank you for using the Royal. We Rob and yes. a week that is all about royalty. Uh, well, and Jess is in purple as well. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, going back to that first week of oh my God, the amazing wait. race. Maybe they visited the queen and boris johnson full of humor no longer it was was the cursed first two-hour episode of the amazing race 33 i I mean ultimately yeah it was a bad omen for the whole season they were gonna have covid the shutdown and everything so um you know the amazing race 33 definitely got off on the wrong foot but we are here to get off on the right foot talking about (laughs) amazing race 34 a preview first We'll meet all 12 teams. Yes, you heard me correctly. 12 teams. And then at the end, 
we'll do our draft. So a little get to know ya, and then we will then go ahead and draft our amazing race teams for this coming season. Jess, uh, amazing race in a proper uh, fall time. Well, not not a great time slot, but at least on the fall schedule. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that it's that we're not like sitting around back in like back in the old days waiting for whatever new prestige drama CBS is trying to unload, mm-hmm. waiting for that to fail so we can have our time slot back. Um, mm-hmm. You, Viva Laughlin, yeah, those were the good old days. Or um, or um, waiting for like okay. Football preempted 60 minutes. Now we have to sit through uh, what's his name? Andy Rooney complaining about something before we can watch Amazing Race on a Sunday night. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Andy Rooney. I I miss I kind of miss those days and I kind of don't like when it was supposed to start at nine o'clock, but it'll start at like nine thirty two after we run everything else. I, I feel like we're getting a little bit more respect. At least we're in a hard time slot with a lead in from the show that everybody actually cares about. Okay. So, yeah, The Amazing Race is definitely going to be taking some things from The Amazing Race 33, changing things up. Mike, you have uh, been uh, breaking uh, the stories here on The Amazing Race. What what do we uh, know about the new format for The Amazing Race or, or any me, twist to the format? Call me T.A.R.O. Onan Pharaoh. That's how much news I've been breaking over the course of this. Uh, yeah, so Amazing Race, as you mentioned before, New time slot. Previously, I know, uh, you know, again, it's so odd that we talked about a season at the beginning of 2022, but that took up the usual survivor slot right of Wednesdays at eight mm-hmm. slash nine. It's now going to be airing usually Wednesdays at 10 starting mm-hmm. next week. Of course, after the two hour survivor premiere, we're going to get an hour of amazing race. Then we have this weird wackadoo week where we're going to have a 90 minute episode two of Survivor and a 90 minute episode two of Amazing Race. Okay. And then thereafter, it's going to air at 10 p.m. You know, Jess talks about the lead in. I think the lead in is a little softer than something like Tough as Nails got this time last season because we do have the real love boat just nice snug in the middle of that sandwich mm-hmm. for now <laughs> to, to a point that Jess made earlier. We'll see if that show gets dry docked soon and then maybe Amazing Race would get bumped up. Well, that dry docked is nicer than sinking. <laughs> yeah, they'll make it to land at the end of the day. But yeah, so this season of The Amazing Race has a couple of things to tout for it. So you mentioned uh, the similarities or maybe not so to season 33. I did get a chance to talk with our mutual friend, Phil Kogan. Uh, that is an interview that's going to be up at Parade.com at the beginning of it next week. Got Phil's thoughts on uh, all the teams, of course, as he usually does with me. And he also give a little bit of a preview for the season. So a lot of what we saw from the back, what, like two thirds of Amazing Race 33, the post-COVID section, I think is actually going to carry over a bit into season 34. The charter flight is staying for now. There's still going to be a lot of self-driving. They still have the COVID protocols in play. I do think we're going to be visiting, I'd say some more industrious places uh you know like we're going to florence as an example uh we're not going off to like I hey, florida to- no i mean uh listen that would be a hell of a place to finish <laughs> if you're worried about covid yeah, maybe well, don't go the, there. well they wouldn't have a problem uh, with any sort of covid restrictions true exactly uh but there so i think we're, we're mainly though i think still sticking to like okay let's go out to the countryside where like things are relatively separated and out there and do these uh these tasks we are relatively still staying in Europe. We're going to Austria. 
France, Iceland, Italy. I know that they are starting in, uh, I believe, Munich as well, which will be the first time that an Amazing Race season has a starting line in a country outside of the United States where like, they're actually going to all fly to Munich and then they're going to do the big pomp and circumstance starting line as opposed to like what we did last season, right? Where it's, okay, uh, you got your first clue on your phone and now fly out to Heathrow and then uh, be able to just run out of the airport from there. We're getting a hard and fast And that wasn't even a COVID thing. That was the creative decision. Right. And they also did that during the social media season as well. But they're going to do like a full out starting line in Mm -hmm. Munich. Uh, And then the one I think uh, new to do for this season in terms of legs and destinations is, believe it or not, 34 seasons in, we are still hitting first. For the first time, the Amazing Race US is going to Jordan, baby. Okay. Finally, a CBS reality show gets there. Like, they've been trying since 2002. Mm, mm-hmm. True. Yeah, who would have thought? Very different timeline, right? Uh, you know, we recently had, uh, you know, commemorated September 11th, and thinking about an, a very different season of Survivor Arabia, back when, uh, before it was Survivor the Marquesa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so the big takeaways, I would say, from a more structural perspective, is that, Rob, you mentioned 12 teams. This is the first season to have 12 teams since season 15, uh, and even back in those early days, so they tried 12 teams for like seasons three and four because it was like a big sensation and they wanted to, you know, burgeon out the seasons. And then they put them in for, I think, seasons 10 and 15, but those were used as twists. Where season 10, they did like a double elimination twist where a team got eliminated halfway through a leg. Season 15, a team got outright eliminated at the starting line. So it's like it's, it's pretty much always been 11 for a little while, but they decided to add one more team. And the reason why is because of the big, bold, italicized and underlined, you know, talking point for this amazing race season that they've been promoting. No non-elimination legs. All (laughs) stakes. No, you can't rely on being saved by the bastion of Phil Hogan. If you come in last, you're gone. I don't believe it. Yeah. All stakes. Is that the tagline they're going with? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> or is it a Mike Bloom original? Much, yeah, doesn't make much sense in terms of <laughs> syntax, which makes sense as to why it's a Mike Bloom original. All stakes. Uh, that's the. Is that when you insure your barbecue? You <laughs> yeah, that's good hands. Yeah, that was the meat block right from season seven. Jeff, right. it was all stakes. Mm-hmm. It was all stakes. Well, it was all stakes and some saliva glands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I love to see it. However. Jess, what is the likelihood that we're going to be like still racing? Like, uh, we're not going to call it non-elimination, but we will have it in some way, shape or form. Somewhere between 100 and 150 Mm percent likely. Mm -hmm. There's no way that we don't keep that element in there. I would venture to guess that we're going to have. We're going to have a tighter schedule as we've had in recent seasons where there's a lot of legs that are keep on racing legs without a pit stop that we just don't see. Um, but I would say there's some of these where we would normally have a non-elimination leg. We're just going to have Phil saying this leg isn't over yet. Keep on racing. And uh, this is a mega leg or what oh, have you. Oh, I miss the mega leg. Oh, oh, leg. Mega uh, leg. Oh, yeah, so I- fun to say. Yeah, because I, I think what really gave it away was that even before the cast was released, right, CBS put out this promotional thing of, here are all the pit stops that we're going to for this season, and there were 12 of them. And theoretically, if there was one team eliminated at the end of each leg, that would only make for 10 episodes. So you'd have to imagine there's going to be at least a couple of, hey, like, 
take a brief, you know, moment to say hi to me. Here's your next clue. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or, you know, if we want to go really dark, it could be they're just thinking that some of these teams will probably get COVID and have to drop out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happened in Canada. It happened. Yeah, but they it, brought them all back. But. But, in, but in that case, then they'd have to put even more non-elimination legs in, right? That's what happened with the Rune in Italia got spared like 15 ties because of the teams that dropped out due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the lesson that Amazing Race Canada took from last season was we need to just never eliminate anybody ever. So I think... I don't think we're going in the direction of everybody gets eliminated all the time. I think we're going to be, if anything, we'll, there will be weeks where we're going to be like, could somebody please just leave the race already? <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with rebranding the non-elimination legs that I feel like it was always my least favorite part of the amazing race. So I think that this is an idea that has been a long time coming. So happy to see at least the attempt to say, okay, no non-elimination legs, even if we're going to get them in some way, shape, or form. This is a situation where I feel like my intelligence is a little bit insulted. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I think they think they're trying to pull one over on the viewing public. And I guess maybe the three of us as, you know, quasi-professionals do not count as the viewing public. But it's like, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining CBS. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Uh, anything else, Mike, uh, from the format change that we should be aware of before we talk about the teams? Yeah, the only other thing that I would say is, again, stuff that is sticking around from a season 33. I outright asked Phil, is the U-turn coming back for season 34? And he gave me the big N-O. Uh, so again, your mileage may vary. I know that stuff with the U-turn was like, is the, one of the most strategic elements of the Amazing Race. And certainly with season 32, it was a big talking point as to like how it was utilized. Disappeared for season 33. Phil sort of gave me the reasoning of just like production's fine, leaving it away for a little bit. I don't know if relatively speaking, anything new is going to be brought in. Just to your point with Amazing Race Canada, I know that they have brought in a fair amount of things over the past couple seasons uh, named after various road hazards. It seems like for this amount of time, the amazing race U S is very strictly focused on like maybe it's most simplistic race structure since the very beginning. And that means no U-turns. I'm pretty sure the yields not coming back. No fast forwards at the moment, just like good, hard, clean, amazing race. Well, it's cheaper to do too. You don't have to build tasks that people might not complete. Mm-hmm. Jess, how do you feel about the lack of twists in the race design here this season? Well, I think if we have exciting enough tasks and interesting enough people, we're not going to miss them. Yeah. And certainly I get very, very tired of all the talk over. We're going to U-turn this person and we're going to burn the board and we're going to, you know, we're going to all target. Burn all the board. Ban yeah. Burn the board. We're all going to band together and target these people. But on the other hand, I'm watching and enjoying Amazing Race Australia right now, which is basically packed with twists and is barely recognizable as an amazing race season at a certain point. Mm -hmm. So I think as long as it's compelling, as long as we have, as long as they're doing things that we enjoy watching, we're not going to miss it. But, you know, if it if it starts to drag, I I might resolve I might revise that opinion a little bit. Okay. All right. Let's start to talk about our 12 teams uh, that we have here on the amazing race. Mike, not a lot of information out there about the 12 teams. 
No, I mean, what I've been given and sort of what the general public has been given as well are, you know, very short bios, aka basically full names, age, occupation, and location, and obviously relationship. And then sort of like what we've been getting with Survivor as well, there are these one-minute videos that have been released to social media that give a bit of their background in terms of fandom. Now, that being said, of course, it wouldn't be Amazing Race without a few famous faces on there. What I will say, though, overall about this cast is I know that we enjoyed season 33, but I think there was a lot of understandable griping about, like, okay, apparently the only way you can get onto Amazing Race nowadays is either to be, like, internet famous or to appear on a talk show and Mm -hmm. have this inspirational story. Not really the case this season. Of course, we are going to have uh, a few notable they names. swerved us. The- yeah, uh, but by and large, I do think that the majority of this cast is just full of regular, degular folks, which I know uh, a lot of like Amazing Race fans have uh, always sort of had their grumbles about, I think, over the years, especially as of late, when there are entire seasons, right, cast around. Here are famous people we want to put on the show. Okay. Thanks. Just is, is that a uh, pr- do you feel like that that is uh, the case of uh, the Amazing Race fan base uh, is clamoring for more just regular people on the Amazing Race? I think that has evolved over time, Rob. I think people people care a lot less about it in this age where anybody can be Internet famous if you post the right TikTok at the right time. I think that matters less to people. I think sometimes people actually enjoy seeing somebody that they recognize somebody mm-hmm. they can root for i think that certainly it, it was the case you know i would have been one of those people five years ago probably saying like why are we casting actors and reality tv people and and internet celebrities but then you get somebody like the holderness family i'm like oh yeah i love those guys i love their videos i'm excited for them to be on mm-hmm. so i think the i think it has evolved over time there's still going to be those old school diehards that really want everybody to look like the people that they see on the bus every morning. But I, I think it could go either way. Okay. I, if, and I'm happy to see regular people getting a shot, especially people. There's a lot of people in here that seem to really love the show and that's mm-hmm. key as well. All right, Mike, who are we talking about first? All right. So uh, let's start here at the very beginning. Uh, and so we are going to go to our First team, Asta and Nina, baby. We are talking about Asta and Nina, an engaged couple from, uh, I believe it's Marina Del Rey, California. Yep, that is the case. And yeah, Jesse, if you're speaking about fandom, uh, being on The Amazing Race is Asta's dream. Has been for a long time. I love it. I love it for her. I love when people's lifelong dream comes true. I think that they they also seem to have a realistic view of what it's going to be like and what it's going to entail, mm-hmm. what it's going to ask of them, which, you know, nothing is more disappointing than somebody's lifelong dream being to go on the amazing race and then them having no idea what they're in for and getting overwhelmed and getting kicked out very quickly. I do not get the sense that these two are in that bucket. I think they have a lot of skills that they're bringing to the table that will help them go far. Yeah. So I know from the Instagram video, so this is Asta's dream to be on The Amazing Race, and Nina is just a uh, good fiance. Yeah. But that's a good thing, though, Rob. Yeah. I think you need a realist. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I don't think you want to both be 
super fans because I think one person can be a little bit more realistic and practical about it and not really thinking about necessarily what it means in the greater scheme of things and to kind of keep you on ground on, you know, solid ground when it comes to this stuff. Now, when we talk about realism, something that really stuck out to me from the one minute videos is that Asta is very upfront about how we're not necessarily going to be physically strong. We are going to be mentally strong. And it's like a little bit of a, a red green flag to me. I'm not sure what red and green makes together in terms Christmas. of colors. Uh, exactly. Uh, and they might end up crossing the finish line by the time Christmas ends up rolling around. Where like, I am glad that they acknowledge their shortcomings because Rob, you and I talked about this very recently right, when breaking down the cast of Survivor 43. Like, we really applaud when contestants are able to come in and be like, I know that I can do this and I know that I can be seen as this. And so I do appreciate, again, Asta having that perspective of being like, yeah, I know I'm probably not the physically strongest person on here, but I am mentally strong. And in a show that deals with, you know, trademark killer fatigue, right? Especially if you plan to run the race after a while and your brain might turn to mush, to be mentally strong, I think, is a very undervalued prospect in the race. But then you have to look at the fact that, okay, if you are not physically strong and The Amazing Race is a show with particular a lot of cardio and sometimes a bit like if you have heavy lifting skills that can really come into handy with a lot of tasks, that is something that may put them on the back foot, depending on the amount of tasks that are in front of them. Depending on the amount of tasks that are in front of them, Mike, and depending on who else is in this cast, mm. I think as we'll as we'll go down the list, there are, with a couple of exceptions, I think this is a cast that is less beastie than previous casts. I think physical strength is that I think is a lot more level in this cast. And I think it's not going to be like, they're not up against ultra marathoners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. And I mean, look at even last season, right? Where we saw people like Ryan and Dustin, Anthony and Spencer beast that first you know, round of stuff. And we're saying, okay, this makes a lot of sense just given their skill sets. But then once the amazing race came back and things pivoted a bit more to like more dexterous, detail-oriented skills, that's when Ryan and Dusty kind of hit the skids and allowed Raquel and Kayla and Team Holderness to really take the lead on the race. So again, if they skew back towards those tasks, I feel better about Asta and Nina. It should also be mentioned that like Nina is a veteran as well. So like, I think she is also conditioned to some of these circumstances uh, too. So it seems like they're going to be a lot of fun. Actually, I will mention uh, to spoil a bit of my article, Asta had a run-in with Phil Kogan years before she was cast on The Amazing Race. Yes. Um, was she trying out for Tough as Nails? No, uh, if, if only. Because I think her career is like in business developments, uh, VP of operations. So I don't exactly know if she qualifies mm -hmm. for it. Uh, he was in an airport. I don't oh, know. If he, he was, was filming, filming that commercial. Uh, it could be. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Asta ran into him and said, like, I'm a huge fan. I want to be on the show someday. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and imply. And look at this now. It's not on the level of, you know, like Chelsea Meisner sending Jeff Probst a drink mm -hmm. when they were in Hollywood during a, a random chance night. But it's still always fun when like, oh, hey, I ran into a few years ago at this airport and now you're actually on the show. Yeah, this would be like if one of us was on the show. And it's like, oh, yeah, we used to do a podcast with Phil Kogan back in the day. Mm -hmm. Although I think that might we might be too close to Phil now to ever be on The Amazing Race. Yeah, that's our one thing holding us back uh, for being the on one show. thing. Yeah. The only thing, yeah. you know, I, I, that and the desire to do it. Yeah, there's that as well. Also, you know, 
really nice to see Asa and Nina on The Amazing Race that I, I think that, and stop me if I'm wrong, uh, I feel like that there have been very few lesbian teams in the history of the show. Very, very long Specifically time. Specifically in the US version of the show. Yeah, I want to say just like Carol and Brandy might be the first one that I can think of. And that was back in what, like season 16? Yeah, that was that was going pretty far back. And let's hope they get a better edit. I will also say to overview this cast, uh, there's a lot of love going on this season. A lot of couples. And to your point, Rob, though, I am glad that it obviously like spans a larger spectrum than we are particularly used to. But yeah, a lot of romantic relationships happening, particularly in this season of The Rays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the first lesbian team in my history of covering The Amazing Race here, uh, which is now going back from, just when did we start? Amazing Race 21? 21. Yeah. You did 20 without me. Okay. The nerve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know you yet, but yeah. That's true. Okay. So, I mean, remarkable. Yeah, that's kind of nuts that that hasn't happened more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Asa and Nina. Okay. Uh, we'll see where they go in the draft, but, you know, got to feel pretty good about them. No red flags here. Hopefully red and yellow flags that they'll be seeing over the course of their time in the race. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our next team here. We're keeping with the love theme. So this is Abby and Will. Uh, And they are childhood sweethearts, high school sweethearts. They have been dating for eight years. And surprise, surprise, they're big fans of The Amazing Race. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they have known each other since they were in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And now how old are they? So they're 24 and 25 now. So uh, I guess, uh, I mean... How how much time did they spend together? Were they were they together like their whole lives and then and then became a romantic duo? But, so they've been dating for eight years. So they theoretically got together when they were like sixteen years old. I don't know if this is like a Corey and Topanga thing where mm-hmm. they were separated for a while and she was too weird for him or he was too much with his head in the clouds and then they finally got together. But yeah, they they've been together for a little bit. Uh, and this is a case maybe against unlike Austin and Nina where these two seem to be like in tandem fans of the amazing race the one thing they tout in their video is that like they would sit on the couch watching amazing race and like game plan their way through how they would do each of the tasks this is this is going back to the um have you ever walked around your living room with a wine bottle on your head Mm -hmm. i think these two are probably the most likely to have done it yeah but it sounds like that they are like visually preparing themselves and like going through the steps of what it would take to go. Okay, if we're okay, imagine this. Okay, we're in Prague. What are we doing? Turn yeah, I left. Think we, need, we need eventually. There's going to be a world right where the footage of Will and James watching the bottle task in Amazing Race 20 was being filmed, and now we need footage of them watching Will and James watching the bottle task being done. It just becomes like a hall of mirrors almost of everyone watching the preparation to do a bottle task. Mm -hmm. It's the cream of wheat box. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they, they tout, I think a lot of their preparations, whereas their mental skills, Abby went to MIT. Uh, I believe like Will is an accountant as well. Abby's a data scientist. So they are fairly brainy. Phil talked with me in his interview about how like Abby in particular was just beaming at the starting line the entire time. This really does seem like a dream come true for her. 
I will say, I don't know. I, it's, it's a little bit of a wild card for me. I'm not entirely sure how Abby and Will will fare. Like, preparation is great, but I think back to, like, God, what was their name? Like, Dennis and Eric? Or maybe <laughs> there was a... Isabel. Isabel, Dennis that's and Isabel. Right. Well, yeah, they, were, they were ones, they said they were super fans, but then they wore jeans on The Amazing Race, so... Yeah, but they were, weren't they also the ones that talk about manifesting? Like, didn't they write on the mirror, like, we're mm-hmm. going to win the amazing race and the million dollars before they they came out? So, like, it might all end up going in a puff of smoke. I I don't really see any, I don't know, it's, it's tough to discern, like, what skill sets do I see from these players, especially on something like Amazing Race, where the task can be so incredibly diverse? If they have their heads in a good place, I think they could do fairly well. And it's clear that, like, they know each other incredibly well. Uh, I think even in high stress situations, which I think will definitely help in comparison to maybe some other couples. Yeah. I think the missing piece for me is I don't know how much of the world these two know. Mm. Like when you've dated the same person since you were 16 and, you know, you still live in the same place that you grew up. I mean, granted, like, you know, she's got a degree from MIT. They seem like very like book smart people. I just, have to wonder like do they are they well prepared for the reality of travel have they have they gone somewhere and gotten lost and been able to cope with that Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's what you get i think that's sometimes the downfall of the younger of the younger couple teams is they've just not had the travel experience they've they're not prepared for the actual like the actual pressure of it even you can watch you can watch every season of the amazing race and still not have any sense of how truly grueling it can be. Yeah, this is one of the big challenges of this season and trying to do predictions that we have basically a a picture, a paragraph, and a one minute video talking about the things that are mostly in the paragraph. So yeah, we, 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 we don't we even have, have the quiz. We don't yeah. even have a pet peeve. Yeah. What's the thing you hate most about your partner? We don't know. Yeah. We're, we're just going to guess. Mm-hmm. Well, Why are you going to we win? Sh- we, it's up, we're guessing. We shall see if Abby and Will go from book smart to saying, don't worry, darling, on The Amazing Race. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Feel free to spit on me due to that stupid joke. <laughs> I'm just going to sit and stare off into the middle distance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on here. And surprise, surprise. It's another couple. This is Aubrey and David. Uh, They are Latin dancers. Uh, They met because Aubrey taught a dance class that David was attending. David, I believe, is a helicopter mechanic. Uh, And so they she ended up like picking him out of a crowd a little bit uh, to entertain him as both a dance partner and a romantic partner as well. And now Amazing Race partner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe as of recording time, we do not have a one minute video for Aubrey and David. Okay, yeah, so I can I can talk a little bit about that. Uh, I did also actually, if you want a little bit of a sneak peek, I did post all the videos at my Twitter account at a Mike Bloom type. Oh, okay. Wow, I skirted the system a bit. Uh, They're they're on the EW page as well. Okay. Uh, But yeah, basically the story is that Aubrey taught David, and she invited him into being her dance company. Uh, and that they this is a couple that I think touts each other's balancing skills. Surprise, surprise. A lot of couples are going to say this, right? That they're particularly well balanced. David, due to his job as a helicopter mechanic, is very detail oriented, very meticulous and very patient. Uh, Aubrey is self-proclaimed crazy. 
Uh, and she is a businesswoman. So she has a lot of that like entrepreneurial go-getter spirit. Wow. Well, you know, we always talk, I think this comes up more often in conversation when we're talking Amazing Race Canada, but there, there's always that one task every season that is learn a choreographed dance. And there's always one team that cannot do it and gets upset and there's crying. This team is going to ace that task. Or it so, will be one of the worst five holes in recent memory. We haven't had a good five hole in quite a while, Rob. I'm, I'm not going to say I want that for them. Yeah. They seem like very nice people. I'd like to see them succeed. But I think there's always some kind of learned choreographed steps thing. And I think if you're a ballroom dancer, you have a little bit of familiarity with choreographed steps. Yeah. The, these people, I think, are going to ace it. And I... I agree with you, Jess. Not only is it a guarantee because it's U.S. Amazing Race, these are not the only dancers on the cast. True. So you know they're going to put that in there. And in this case, I think they'd be able to ace it. I like the variety in careers as well. We'll get into this with like our other, you know, uh, dancing as couples. But again, David is a helicopter mechanic. I think that's a very different type of mindset that is required. I mean, hell, if they do one of these random tasks, they do sometimes from a mechanical perspective of like, fix this thing. Maybe he knows what a carburetor is, so Phil will be happy about that. <laughs> Alternator. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Alternator, yeah. that's what it is. Get him on top uh, of yes. nails. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that, like, it seems that they have a good sense in terms of skills. Obviously, I think with the Aubrey is crazy thing, I am a little worried about, like, high-stress situations when push comes to shove. What might happen? This may be the couple that, like, becomes surprisingly spatty. Uh, with one another again now i like to go back to don't worry darling with spitty uh and i i could see a possibility that like despite how lovey-dovey they are in this moment just due to their fiery personalities that if there's something that they're not necessarily getting if they're getting lost or if they keep failing at a task then like there might be some words being thrown about yeah that's true mike but sometimes yelling at each other is just how you communicate like there are teams that we've seen go very very far even all the way to the end, yelling and screaming at each other the entire time. And sometimes if you have one of those teams that where one of them is very tempestuous and one of them is not, that, you know, back it goes back to balance. You know, we have like the Blair and Haley of it all or the Brooke and Scott. They're not, those are not the greatest examples because those are obviously not dating couples, but they ended up going all the way to the end, maybe even because of, not necessarily even despite the extreme reactions to their circumstances with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's move on. Team number four. It's another couple, but it's a familiar set of faces to those out there in the Big Brother audience. Yes, once again. Big Brother Royalty has graced the stages. Again, they're wearing purple, so I think it also makes sense here. It is Big Brother 23 contestants that turned romantic once they hit the jury house. We are talking Claire and 
three-time CBS reality show contestant himself, Derek X. This is so fun. This is so exciting. I'm so glad that this is part of the Amazing Race 34. Just as a non-Big Brother person, I'm interested to know, what do you know about these two? Well, Rob, it's funny that we call out my non-Big Brother status because I did end up watching at least 60% of this season of Big Brother. So I am Mm. familiar with these two. Um, One thing I know in particular is that Claire is kind of one of us like mm-hmm. she is a big reality person um i think known to the fandom before she was on the show yeah um so i have to root for people that come in with that level of fandom um and you know people always say they're super fans and it's like that can be a qualifying thing or a disqualifying thing but she's not just a super fan i think she was like aware that we existed mm-hmm. so yeah. She also came into Big Brother with like a binder of like uh, all of her preparation for Big Brother. I don't know if she has anything, any other resource like that similar for The Amazing Race. But Mike, I think it's reasonable to imagine uh, that she has that. Or maybe it was so unuseful, maybe she didn't even bother. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Claire at least checked out the season of The Amazing Race that had Survivor people on them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll check out Amazing Race 7 because of Robin Amber, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that would make sense that she has at least some background knowledge on it, as opposed to Derek, who I think is very new to this entire process, right? His, his story has now come out that, like, he was watching Survivor on Netflix, right? Got really, in, uh, really in, intrigued by the idea reached out to casting. He got on Big Brother instead, even though he hadn't really seen the show. Claire has now caught him up on seasons of Survivor. So I I imagine it's safe to say he doesn't necessarily know Amazing Race terribly well. But if there's one thing we know about Derek X is that he's like kind of unnaturally good at like a good amount of things, even if he has no preparation for it Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And that's sort of like the Amazing Race in a nutshell, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get there. But he also... You know, this being his third CBS reality show, there you cannot discount the the asset of being used to having a camera in your face right out of the gate. I think that gives you a little bit of a head start. I think everybody gets used to it over time, but they already know what the camera wants from them. They're able to tune it out. I think that will help them in the early stages, at least. Jess, have you watched the Challenge USA? I have not. Yeah, I should have been. But this summer, there was a lot on TV. Yeah, uh, well, it's been very fun. Uh, Derek mm-hmm. X, uh, you know, well, I don't want to spoil things for you, uh, but, you know, uh, he is uh, a good challenge performer. Yeah, I'd That's say, what I, I hear. Yeah, pretty good. Again, pretty good all around. I think his his weakness was just like his size. I would say, again, he is like a skinnier person, especially compared to some of those big brochachos that were on the Challenge USA. Again, won't so much be the case here on The Amazing Race. I think what I do possibly have a worry about, though, is some of the physical aspects, you know, a bit of of the cardio stuff, because uh, I don't know how good these two are in like a cardio high running situation. And so it could be one of these things of, yeah, they might be good at the task when they get to them, but if they have to individually go from task to task, yeah. that might be what slows them down. I'm not worried about that. I, I think they're bo- both uh, in pretty good athletic shape. Yeah, they seem fit enough. And it's also the show has leaned away from that. Like, when was the last time we saw people get eliminated because of a bad cab driver? Um, Or, you know, it's much rarer for people to get lost and that be the reason they get out. 
Right. I mean, more so from like a foot race perspective. Yeah. Right? And like, even from a foot race perspective, when was the last time we saw a yeah. true foot race on this show? You know, we did have in the Amazing Race 33 the task of like go up and down like, uh, you know, a, a million flights of stairs to go bring the wine bottles and stuff like that. So I feel like that there are like cardio elements of some of these challenges, but I don't feel like that that's going to be uh, the difference for uh, Claire and Derek. And there's nothing in here that I think they're going to struggle with because mm-hmm. they're young, they're reasonably fit. And this is an older cast. Again, it goes mm-hmm. back to we don't have anybody on this task on, on this on this season that has been like, you know, here are two Ironman triathletes mm-hmm. and all they do is work out. We don't have that. That's not going to be. I, I think everybody is fit enough. I don't think anybody is like there's not a lot of crazy, crazy fit people. You know, they're also, they're both like really fun personalities. Like uh, we, we really have, this is a relationship that formed, uh, I guess, starting in the jury house. So we never really saw it on our screens to the point where I think I'm going to be very upset if I see them get into an argument with each other. I'm not, (laughs) we've never seen that before. And I I don't know if I can handle it. Yeah, uh, I mean, at least like from what we see of them on social media. Now, look, this is a that's a very skewed perspective, right? Because they are curating essentially what they want mm-hmm. us to see. But yeah, not a lot of of trouble in paradise. That like obviously a lot of people for various reasons were shocked when they had that Fabio esque uh, people shoot uh, announcing mm-hmm. that they were a couple. But it seems like the more we get to know them, like the more they actually are perfectly suited for each other. I think they both have very like dry, deadpan senses of humor. Mm-hmm. which are very fun. I do think they're going to be big characters on the race. Something that also lends a bit of credence, and Jess, you brought this up with something like Team Holderness last season, is they are obviously very comfortable in front of the camera. And so if there is any sort of like rust to shake off with some people early on as to like, uh, why is this person looking at me at all times with this big mechanical object? Uh, this is making me feel a little nervous. For them, it's just another day in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just even small things like understanding like how how badly would it throw you if you were on the amazing race you did a task you nailed it perfectly and then they said okay stop you got to back up you got to do this part again so we get it on camera that might throw you a little bit i think it will throw them a little bit less all right let's move on here to a hell of a story here's our first uh, non-couple that we're speaking about five teams in we're speaking about emily and molly believe this long lost twins that's not a story you hear every day certainly uh, although, not you know i watch films like it takes two uh which is a documentary about uh two women that <laughs> are sisters <laughs> now potential or they don't actually they, they, that uh, or were they just doppelgangers separated at birth we don't know mm. yeah i mean mike you and i watched orphan black mm-hmm. yeah that's very true and so two more members of the clone club here in Emily and Molly. So the story was that they were both adopted to different families. And then through taking like a 23andMe test, I believe, recently, through genetic mapping, they were reunited. Uh, And so they really are meeting each other essentially for the first time. They just met a year ago. So I've done 23andMe and there's that option of like, hey, uh, check this box to see if you want to be in contact with people that may be related to you. And I'm always like, I don't, I'm good. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. 
I had the same option when I did it as well. And I'm like, okay, what year is it? 2017? Yeah, I'm good. I, th I just have a feeling with the, <laughs> the current climate. I don't know if I want to be talking with random strangers that I have to have my, you know, DNA linked up to. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so these two have led pretty radically different lives up until now. So Molly... And they both somebody, did that. Yeah, uh, I think I think so. Or at least like one probably did it and the other one like did it and probably opted into what you were saying. And then like one had their their DNA in the system, mm -hmm. right? So I was like, oh, you won't believe this. Not only is there a match, but like this person actually looks a lot like you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they're getting to know each other through the race, a, a term we have often heard before and that has worked out to, I would say, mixed success. Uh, <laughs> but Molly has grew up like a bit of a dancer, a little bit more athletic. Uh, Emily is currently a single mother. So again, much like uh, that hit documentary you're talking about, Rob, it mm -hmm. takes two. Uh, or even, you know, the, the documentary that's been remade so many times in The Parent Trap. We shall see if these two leading lives from very different perspectives will either balance each other out or just make them completely separate pages of the same book. Mm -hmm. It is tough when it's somebody you don't know very well, but I wonder how much of that will be mitigated by, you know, nurture over nature. Yeah. You know? Do you know yourself? Yeah. How mm -hmm. well do you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, you hear that there's that story of the identical twins who were separated at birth, who met up later and they, they had they drove the same kind of car and they had the same favorite food and they married women with the same first name and named their sons the same thing. I, is this going to be one of those situations where they end up being similar enough that they get each other out of the gate? Hmm. Yeah. So uh, they're twins. I think probably uh, important to note, uh, not identical twins. Not right? identical. Yeah. Yes. So there's slight, slight differences you can even see in this picture right here. Yeah. So it's yeah, I guess so. It's just like, um, yeah, I guess you do have a twin bond. But listen, yeah, I, I'm super from our perspective. This is amazing. Right. Because with no offense to the great Lulu and Lala, good God, were we tearing our hair out last season of like, OK, which one's which? Uh, at least here we're able to get a sense, even through this picture. Emily's on the left. Molly is on the right. Still doesn't help that they wear the same clothing, but mm -hmm. at least be able to have us uh, our notes be more distinctive than last season. Okay. Mike, I admire that you even tried. Mm -hmm. There was a time when I cared enough about the Amazing Race that I would try to tell the identical twins apart. Like I think I even knew which twin he was which at one point, but that's that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Whose idea do you think it was to go on the Amazing Race? Twenty three and Me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, if they. You know, they send you the notification and we found somebody you're related to. Also, here's a link to apply for the Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. I think it could be a bit of a Faustian contract of like, all right, we'll let you know who you're related to. But just so you know, if your story is juicy enough, we are automatically applying you to be on the Amazing Race together. You opt in. Wow, I that's guess. a that's a conspiracy theory and a half. Mm -hmm. I would lie. That'd be an interesting season, would it not? If we have enough of these stories and we just fill an entire season, it'd be basically perfect strangers, but they're actually related to each other. Wow. Amazing race, long lost relatives edition. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. Get on We're the sponsorships, Paramount Plus. Come on. Yeah. There's a couple of these DNA companies, like figure out which one is most, you know, most likely to sponsor this. And you've got like a whole season wide arc of, what would the product placement even be, though? Like, what do you win on the leg if it's sponsored by 23andMe? Go back to Mike. You want to go back to your uh, <laughs> don't worry, darling jokes? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, here's a here's a container. You know what to do. Uh, let's see if we can find some more for a returnee season. Yeah, twenty three thousand dollars. Oh boy. Yeah. So so Emily and Molly, their story is fantastic. I do not know how much we're going to see of their story on the Amazing Race, though. It, it just seems like for whatever reason, their skill sets aren't necessarily sticking out to me whatsoever. They could completely surprise me. I want them to stay on as long as possible because this is a genuinely intriguing relationship idea mm-hmm. that like this is someone who shares so much in common with you, but you do not know them from a hole in the wall until 365 days ago. And now you have to play in this stressful environment where you can only lean on each other. That's an absolutely invigorating idea for a couple, but I'm not sure given their background, like how adept they will be for the race. Yeah. I don't know that that spells race success. And we've had similar concepts. Like I think we have had a birth mom and her daughter Mm -hmm. that had just met. And I, I think I think they're here for the big story and that's about it. There's a couple of teams where I feel that way. I think they're here because it's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. And once we tell that story, I don't see them necessarily blowing the other teams out of the water race wise. Yeah. Just also in big brother four, big brother did a twist called project right. DNA, uh, where they had a long lost, uh, brother and sister, uh, that was cowboy and Nokomis, uh, that they were, were they stepsisters? Or they were actually full brothers. They were, they were half. They were they? half. Yeah. They both, okay. they shared the same father. And I remember that, uh, when one of them, I believe it was, I think it was Nokomis maybe who first won HOH, like the dad sent a letter being like, Yep. Uh, so this is what happened. Uh, good luck playing together. Hope one of you doesn't vote the other one out at final four. Bye. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, we'll see. Is it interesting? Uh, stories have uh, come out of this before. So hopefully, uh, we get more from Emily. Wait, did, did he write two letters, or did he just write one letter, like to Cowboy or Nokomis? Yeah, to whoever finds this first between my two children. Hmm. And then that was also the season with the twins that switched out. Though Emily and yes. Molly would not be able to pass off as much as uh, Natalie and Adria did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it might be a little bit more of a Liz and Julia thing. All right, let's move on here. Sixth team, Glenda and Lamumba. Uh, now, these are certainly two people who could not switch out and be indistinguishable yeah. for many reasons. Uh, this is a very recently married couple. Mm-hmm. I believe they just got married uh, one year ago. But they're big thing emphasis on big i suppose is uh, i believe they're their actual like uh lower third right is big and small newlyweds she's six foot two he's five foot seven what's gonna happen come, come in this find, summer yeah come find out on cbs this fall look i am all for like as a very tall person yes and you know derek and claire the, the height discrepancy is not quite as much but i think we should normalize Women being taller than their partners. Oh, yeah. This is great. I, mm-hmm. I saw these two. I'm like, I immediately like them. Yeah. Well, they're really fun. Uh, they have a fun video, uh, Glenda and Lamumba. And so uh, very excited to get to watch them play on The Amazing Race. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna have a lot of fun together. I mean, their dynamic almost does seem like something out of a CBS sitcom, Rob, of like Lisa Leslie and Kevin Hart star, star mm-hmm. in the big and the short of it. <laughs> reboot edition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first one that I thought of. It's uh, pretty good. Yeah. Not not a lot of details in terms of like their background. They do say again from the well-balanced perspective that Glenda is somebody who is more 
action-oriented and forward, whereas Lumumba is someone who is very detail-oriented. Uh, their career path blend is, I think, like an insurance underwriter. Lumumba is a teacher, which I think, speaking of, again, that detail-orientedness perspective and patience, this is another team that I really don't know how they're going to do, but we're going to have fun watching them regardless on however long they last. Mm-hmm. I'm all in for them. I want them to win. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if they're realistically on my list of likely winners. Yeah, they, they are, I think, both on the older side. They're both 41. Yeah, that's well one as, foot in the grave, Mike. <laughs> exactly. When it comes to reality TV perspectives, get the wheelchair out for grandpa and grandma. I, I, I was happy that we had so many teams in their 30s and 40s on this season because it really sometimes I, I sit there and it's like, you know, we're not going to let age slow us down. Like, I'm older than you. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. I'm older than the old team, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But these yeah. aren't these guys aren't the old team anyway. Yeah, I really think it comes down to like uh, what kind of shape you're in. And these two look like that they are in uh, really great physical condition. So I, I'm not super concerned about them being too old for the amazing race. Now we go back, though, to the stuff we just talked about with Emily and Molly. So these two have been married a year. They've only known each other for two and a half years. And look, you could certainly like fall head over heels, you know, instantly a lot about a lot of person. But I'm imagining they're going to learn a lot about each other over the course of this race. Mm-hmm. Devil's advocate, Mike. The last two and a half years count as 15 years. Wow. True. That's a good point. That yeah. basically they've they've lived through they've you know, their relationship has survived a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like how you get to be a, you get to count yourself as a New Yorker if you were here on 9-11. Yeah, the same the same thing. If you were together during the pandemic and you stayed together, I think that counts for a lot. Happy 30th anniversary. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There are dog years and there are pandemic years. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very fair. All right, let's move on here to Luis and Michelle. Uh, So they are another married couple. Uh, So Luis is a firefighter and Michelle is is a backup dancer for Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. Okay, well, no better preparation for The Amazing Race than spending time with Mr. Worldwide, okay? Fair. I, mean, I, I can think of like 15 others, but I'm sure it's, it's up there, I guess. <laughs> Mike, That's he's like- literally Mr. Worldwide, okay? And I guess the literalization did help. We do have Harlem Globetrotters that have now played three seasons, so mm-hmm. maybe it's just in the name. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I don't think Pitbull himself would do great on the Amazing Race, but I I think I think Michelle's going to be okay. Why not? I think he would just get too distracted. Like he every town he goes to, he's trying to find some place to party. Mm-hmm. And- That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But Pit I, I don't know about his physical. Pitbull. I don't know yeah. about his his physical stamina. I think he might out might run out of gasolina after <laughs> a few legs. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right, so more dancers, definitely a good uh, track record for Amazing Race dancers, right? Yeah, and plus, again, much like we were talking about before with Aubrey and David, diversity in skill sets. Uh, and, you know, Luis is a firefighter. I think Michelle is definitely the, the more dance oriented, but I would imagine that he certainly has had to keep up a couple times, but he has that physical strength. You know, I think he has that that veracity, that courage as well to just like, 
throw himself into something. Again, Rob, to, to quote something that we talked about in our Survivor 43 interviews, right? You get a lot of life experience running into a burning building, as some people might claim. And so Louise has that in spades. And I think I think that's really going to help them here. And I, I do think also, unlike Aubrey and David, I'm not seeing a lot of like, well, our personalities might clash over the course of the race. Like, it, it seems like genuinely they get along well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they are uh, married. Do we, do we know how, how they met? How, how does a, uh, a Pitbull's backup dancer run into a firefighter? Well, if Just, the dance floor is on fire, who are you going to call? I guess so. Okay. What does their shirt say? Uh, bathed. Uh, raised. I'm assuming it. Yeah. Is it some? Uh, yeah, raised. I thought the bottom would say CrossFit, but I don't think it says CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, if if somebody's getting paid by CrossFit to shill for their company while they're on the Amazing Race, I think I. If CBS signs off on that, I have to consider that incredibly questionable. <laughs> okay. All right. That is uh, Luis and Michelle. I don't believe that they have a video up yet either. On, uh, But uh, of course, uh, we can go to oh, EW. Uh, yes. Breaking news are happening now. Uh, and I'll, I'll flash back actually a little bit to the first uh, slide here. So it says uh, Raised on Croquetas is the show. Ah, okay. Well, okay. I support that. I love Croquetas. Okay. Hashtag uh, team raised uh, on Croquetas. What is a Croquetta? It is a fried snack. Um, the ones that I that I enjoy the most are, I believe, Cuban and Cuban and Provenance, and they are. It's potato and some kind of meat, and it looks like a mozzarella stick, but it's much much better than a mozzarella stick. Okay. All right, so we shall see if they keep their chances alive in the game long enough to win, or will they croak at the, <laughs> yeah, at the starting and, line? I don't at me when um, I turn out to be wrong about the original provenance of the croquetta because I've had them at tapas bars. I've had them at Dominican places. I've had them at Cuban places. I, I am, I yep. may be Ms. Worldwide when it comes to croquettas. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's move on from uh, someone who's dealing with Mr. Worldwide to someone with a copious amount of international experience, Linton and Sharik uh, for the second season in a row. We're getting a father daughter team and actually i would say you know certainly similar vibes to arun and natalia in that here is a father who immigrated from another country to america in linton's case it was jamaica and as a result uh he raised his uh daughter sharik here and much like again arun and natalia they have sort of traveled vicariously through the amazing race linton actually moved to the united states in 2001 which was the year the amazing race premiered and so she has Sharik has kind of grown up with the show in her household. I, it's it's horribly rude when people go on the show and have watched Amazing Race since they were toddlers, even mm-hmm. that, you know, we were nominally adults when it came out the first time. I feel so old. Mm-hmm. OK, um, look, what are you, you going to do? Um, you know, uh, at least Linton is older than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. These amazing race contestants keep getting younger, but we stay the same age, <laughs> but the exact opposite. So Linton is an assistant principal, but they talk up the fact that he is very athletic, uh, especially for a man of his age. He's 50. Uh, and so he definitely does not look it. And Sharik is a master's student and is definitely, I think, the brainier of the two. So they are hoping, again, that sort of 
brain and brawn balance is going to come into play and they can sort of help fill each other in when it comes to running this race, despite having the largest age discrepancy on the entire season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Also, you know, claim to be uh, big fans of the show. So they have that experience coming in. Can work for you or against you. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think Linton, as well as an uh, you know someone who immigrants immigrated to America, I think listen, it's a bit apples and oranges, but I think has a bit of experience with like dealing with new environments, possibly handling uh, you know any barriers from a cultural perspective that might be there as well. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because again, we just watched Aruna and Natalia, who made it all the way to Final Four. Mm-hmm. Let's not sneeze at that. I would not say in the most dominating fashion. And you look at this similar dynamic and story, and you're like, okay, are we just in for the same thing? I don't know. I think I have faith in Linton and Sharik here. Now, look, they might end up falling apart a bit. They do admit that sometimes they butt heads. We did see that happen a couple times with Arun and Natalia as well on the race, where they'll just like get into arguments with each other just based on the age difference or like dad, uh, you know, typical dad daughter stuff. But I feel at least their their background puts them in a fairly good place going into the race. Sure. Yeah, I feel as good about them as I have about any father-daughter team. Mm-hmm. I mean, historically, how, how have the father and daughter teams done? Uh, we just did see Arun and Natalia last season, Jess. I mean, most of them end up middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have the not most, had any go very far. Yeah, the most successful, I think, was what, Gary and Mallory, when they made yeah. the top three of, of Unfinished Business. Yeah, Gary and Mallory are really the, like, they're the kind of iconic U.S father-daughter team. Uh, We went into this a little bit on the Amazing Race Canada recap this past week, actually, about parent-child teams and how, you know, we've had one champion in Canada and one champion in the U.S. Um, I think we're due for another one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, the highest placing, I think, now thinking back, it's probably, listen, with no offense to Gary and Mallory, but I would push back and say the most infamous father-daughter pair has to be Ron and Christina. No? Mm, Yeah. As far as... Second place. Yeah, second place in their original season. And so maybe Linton and Shariq are able to, you know, uh, capitalize on that success and just go one step further to make it cross the finish line in first place. Here's hoping. Maybe a little bit less intense. Yeah, hopefully, like, again, that's an, they talk a lot about butting heads. Rod and Christina uh, would not stay away from each other's throats, specifically from Ron's perspective, right? I, I, it doesn't seem like, again, we only got a one-minute glimpse that Linton has that sort of, like, I just want better for you vibes that Ron certainly had over the course of his seasons. But to your point, sometimes that ends up connecting well to success on this race. It's true. Like if that's just the way you talk to your partner and it's not something new, I think it doesn't really affect how you turn out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Next up, we've got brothers Marcus and Michael. Uh, so these are military brothers is specifically their lower third. Uh, they're both, I think, in different factions. Uh, I don't even think that's a term 
of the army. Uh, I'm just clarifying really quickly. Yeah, so uh, I believe Michael is an Air Force fighter pilot and Marcus is an army tank commander. Yeah. Uh, but Marcus is the older brother and the story is very much like Michael has kind of followed in his steps through a lot of his life, including entering the, the armed forces as well as getting into the amazing race. Okay. Um, look like a formidable uh, duo, I would have to think, for uh, Marcus and Michael coming in. Uh, that they are, uh, you know, on opposite sides of the country in uh, Georgia and New Mexico. Yeah, how much time have they spent together in recent years? That would be my question. Yeah, they're even in like uh, separate branches of of the armed forces as well. So it's not like necessarily that they're meeting up with each other. It's it's a good question, but I think they have a lot of, again, very good skills for this. They said they're very well traveled, I think, even outside of like what their work permits uh, in general. It's clear even just looking at these pictures, uh, right? They are part of the army, so it makes sense. They got the guns out uh, when it comes to these picks that like they are very physically strong. Uh, they also mentioned that Michael has an Ivy League education as well. So there's a little bit of brain power that they're hiding. But guess which school? Oh, I, I don't know. I think like, it's a good question. I'm not I, I, sure. Yeah, we would know. None of us know that um, <laughs> you have to be a detective to find out. Yeah. And also, it's totally misleading, Mike, on your article. Mm hmm. I thought I was going to be able to find this out because it says, you know, Michael's Ivy League education and education is hyperlinked. And it turns out that Parade just like throws in random hyperlinks about articles. I don't think you put this in here, but it no. just links out to inspiring educational quotes. Like, this is not no, related. Those are our AI overlords, right? They just find little hit words and decide to, to mm -hmm. put random links into articles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Marcus and Michael, I mean, coming from a uh, military background, uh, Jess, uh, how have teams uh, coming from uh, the armed forces uh, done historically? I think not as well as you might think. I imagine like being in the military is um, it's a very particular mindset that you have to have. And it does teach you mental toughness. It does. Obviously, you have to be physically strong to be in the military, but you also it, there's a certain amount of inflexible thinking, I think, that happens if you are a career military that sometimes trips you up on The Amazing Race. Yeah. Mike, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly like Rachel and Dave, right, is a good example mm -hmm. of of having that that mindset. I mean, I think certainly like discipline and fortitude is like we talk about Army Strong for a reason, right? Because like that definitely is fostered within you. And it's not like these two are, you know, uh, they they've been you know, they're they're done with their duty. Like, I believe their their current careers listed are like still affiliated with with the forces. So like they're still actively a part of it, still physically engaged, still mentally engaged. I'd be intrigued from like a creativity perspective. Exactly what I'm getting what, at. Yes. What comes from that. However, again, if Michael indeed has this sort of like more liberal arts uh, Ivy League education, that might be where they can fill in that possible weak spot. But yeah, that, that's the one thing I can really think of. Uh, though, I don't know, from terms of like creativity, I'm trying to think even when it comes to things like cake decorating or painting the door, that's not so much creativity as it literally is. Here is a blueprint. Just copy it. Mm -hmm. Forgot about painting the door. Oh, Dusty and Ryan will never let you forget <laughs> it. Okay. Mike, who else do we have? Quentin and Maddie. Uh, so these are former 
cheerleaders for the Los Angeles Rams probably could have used them in last week's season opener. Uh, and this is actually a very rare dynamic on Amazing Race. The uh, the heterosexual couple that are just best friends. Usually when we see a heterosexual team, it's usually either blood relation or dating. But no, they're just really good friends and former cheerleaders. Okay. Quentin and yeah, Maddie. There's no, like, Flo and Zach. Uh, mm-hmm. We're trying to see if it will work for us. It's like, no, they're just platonic friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they look like they are. Again, there's a lot of we have a lot of dancers in this cast. So yep. I think we're going to definitely see something where it's like learn this local dance. And I'm, I always I don't that's want that on things. TikTok, Jess. Maybe that's what the Amazing Race is going for. Ma- Amazing Race, all TikTok dancers edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, it's not not a great record on CBS Reality TV as of late with casting those types of people. No. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Okay. Yeah, but but yeah, they are even their careers now are based in dance. Quentin is currently a choreographer. Maddie is a dance coach. I think the thing that is really being touted by both them and Phil is their energy. They talk about wanting to laugh all the way along the race, and they have that sort of high energy spirit that comes with with cheerleaders, right? I would also say from like a physical perspective, I feel like sometimes we almost underrate the physical skills that are are necessitated for being a cheerleader, right? Besides balance, you do have to have just like an incredibly strong core. The men who are usually throwing whole ass people in the air need to have a, a huge amount of upper body strength too. You can see that on Quentin too. And so again, like they're probably not as visually stacked as the people that they are cheering on from the sidelines, but I think it still requires a fair amount of physicality to it. Do we think among the dancing teams that there could be some sort of like uh, easy bonds to see of people like working together? Either that or a rivalry. Rivalry. Like, is it, is, or are we doing a more of a step it up kind of situation? <laughs> Dance off. Yeah. Oh, listen, I'd love to say that instead of the face off, they'll bring that back, right? Instead of Racing around in wheelbarrows wearing fry costumes, you have to do a dance off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it seems like they're they're going to bring a lot of light and laughter to the energy. He says that uh, his focus is more on physical strength. Her focus is more on attention to detail. It's, it seems like a good team on paper. I think they're also used to again, like we spoke about a bit with Derek and Claire, like being in the spotlight. Uh, you know, uh, being able to perform in in a manner of speaking. So. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of negatives for the two of them. Maybe they're just not that big fans of the show. And so maybe they would be more surprised by some elements of the race than some of these other teams. But I think they certainly have the skill sets to help support themselves that they're left in the lurch. Yeah, and it's never really held back. We've had teams of cheerleaders multiple times on Mm -hmm. this show, and they've always gone much further than you would expect. So I don't think it's necessarily something that will hold them back. I think their strength will, I, I think as like a physically strong team that knows each other well and works well together, I don't think not knowing the show as well will be a weakness for them. Okay. Mike, All who's right. next? Last couple of teams here, Rich and Dom. These are dating motivational speakers. Okay. I like that. Yeah, so they've been together for about three years and they're all about listen uh if quentin and maddie are about the laugh they're all about the light uh you even see in some of these commercials right like dom is very much 
I don't know if she's talking up Rich or talking up the other teams, but like she is already putting the mantras that is her bread and butter to use in terms of the amazing rates. And she has the most incredible hair. I they call it the Murfairy vibe. Yeah, so she says she has a, a Murfairy vibe where she's a little loony, but she says that she's very good at understanding the social game and specifically like understanding and working with people. Again, I'm not entirely sure if that's as big of a deal in a U-turn-less season of The Amazing Race, and especially, I think, in a post-Mine 5 world where teams are a little less inclined to, like, hard and fast lock into working with each other for the entirety of the race. But it could work out in certain circumstances where it's like, well, we like Rich and Dom. We want to keep them around. So, yeah, we'll give them the answer to this. Yeah, maybe that they're just, like, uh, so motivating that uh, nobody ever wants to uh, see them out of the race. Yeah, they make you want to be your best self. Mm-hmm. Of course you want to keep that around. Yeah, we love them too much. Can't We can't risk uh, letting them go. All right. Uh, Rich and Dom, you take my spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that, like, Phil is going to have a lot of fun with them because I think they're going to have a lot of interplay with Phil back and forth. They're probably going to inspire him at the Met to go on and be like, yeah, I can make, like, 30 more seasons of Tough as Nails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Phil, come on. Phil does not need to be inspired to make more seasons of Tough as Nails. That is true. Yeah. More seasons of Amazing Race, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So, again, I'm not sure from a physical perspective what their background is. Again, their vocation is more so of the verbal than it is uh, the the physical. Well, but Dom is a gym owner. Is he? I thought he was also a motivational speaker. Um, Dom, Rich, Dom Rich is a is, life coach. Yeah, she is a gym owner. Oh, she's yeah. a gym owner. He's a life coach. But they're yeah. both motivational speakers, I suppose, uh, on the side. Oh, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, I don't know if it's like the biggest stretch to imagine a gym owner also being a motivational speaker. Yeah. Like, what if you, you go to the gym, you want someone there who's going to make you want to perform? Mm hmm. Should there be an in-house motivational speaker at all gyms? Like, should you walk into your Planet Fitness and there's a Tony Robbins type being like, you know, there's a you in success. Be that you. Uh, or will that throw you off your game? I mean, I think that's I don't, a lot of personal trainers. I don't think trainers. they'll do it. Yeah. It's, it is a lot of personal trainers. You can pay extra for that. But mm-hmm. in Planet Fitness, you're definitely not going to get that. You got this. Um, Planet Fitness costs $15 a month, I think. But there's no lunks allowed, Joss. Yeah, no lunks allowed and no motivational speakers. <laughs> no lunks, no, no motivational speakers. But, That's on the there are two rules. <laughs> but, you know, you have they have massage chairs. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, That's so the one in my neighborhood does. It's, it's a good point. Yeah, I totally overlooked because, again, it seems like maybe Dom, uh, the motivational speaking stuff is less so her like, you know, choice profession. But I think that could mean she'll be an, a nice physical presence. And maybe she's probably probably keeping rich in shape. Mm-hmm. I would imagine in a manner of speaking to help deal with some of the rigors of the race. Yeah, Equinox would have an in-house motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. But it's not so much. Yeah, I'm just intrigued now from Dom, like, it's the chicken or the egg, right? Like, did the gym ownership lead to motivation? Did the motivation lead to being like, well, I want to better their bodies as well as their minds? It's an interesting story. Yeah, or she could be, like, it depends on what kind of motivational speaker you are, too. Like, are you motivating people to succeed on a personal level or on a business level, or are you helping them find relationships? Like it's a, it's a wide field. Mm -hmm. So I think it really depends on uh, what kind of motivating they do. Yeah. So Dom is going to be a Murphy and we'll see if their chances of winning are as uh, existing as that thing is. (laughs) Yeah. All right. 
One more team that we have to talk about here on our preview. <laughs> Very excited. Oh, do for we this have one. to? Yes. Uh, Rob is to. turning. It's Rob is hulking out as we speak and turning green. I think yeah. is understandable because we are talking about former Jets coach Rex Ryan and his golf buddy Tim. See, I, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, oh, Rob must uh, be mad at Rex Ryan or not uh, or not like a Rex Ryan. I love Rex Ryan. Um, Rex Ryan is a big character um, that the times that he was the coach of the New York Jets uh, were some of like the Jets have not tasted success uh, since Rex Ryan has left. So while that may be like if you talk to me in like 2013 and he was coaching the Buffalo Bills, that the Mm -hmm. wounds would be fresh. No, uh, the Jets have like uh, only like sniffed the playoffs once since Rex Ryan has been gone and he's been gone 10 years. So I love Rex Ryan. He is a big character. He's a big personality. I I really question how well he will do on the amazing race because when he was the coach of an NFL franchise, people are like, boy, I wish Rex would take this more seriously. Now here he is on the amazing race. I just like imagine him like going to the different tasks and just like goofing around and not like, uh, does he have a fire in his belly to compete in the amazing race? I suspect not, but Mm. for the one or two episodes that we get him, I think it'll be very fun. Well, you can see by looking at the photo that he's not taking it seriously. Because this man is not dressed for the amazing race. He's in sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, he's not in athleisure. He's not wearing anything that yeah. like moves with you. He's wearing like Hanes sweatpants and a long sleeve T-shirt that's about three sizes too big for him. So, and it's like one of those Gildan T-shirts, like, yeah, you know, the, the cheapest possible ones that you get printed up. He's not wearing anything that wicks away moisture. Yeah, to we'll the point, Mike, that... Way. that- is this a Scaramucci here? Uh, like, is, is is this even a real team on the race? I, I think it's got to be, though. Like, listen, we've had Jimmy Johnson play Survivor before. Yeah, look how that went. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, listen, I'm not saying it's for longevity. I will say, though, watch the first leg they go, and it's that one roadblock of, okay, taste the sandals and figure out which one is chocolate. He's like, all right, yeah, I've I'm got in. this I'm one. Yeah. I've been prepping my whole life for this. I mean, yeah, listen. These guys, it, there's a reason why they're wearing dinosaurs on their their paraphernalia. They are Team T-Rex because it is Tim and Rex. But like, I also think they might be a thing of the past by the time this race is done. Uh, though their story, yes. Yeah, so when Rex Ryan was announced to be on this, there was a lot of questions, right? As to like, okay, is his son going to be on this? Is his no. brother going to be on it? Or, yeah. is, or it's his brother. Yeah. No, this is a or man his wife, by the name. Famously, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is a man by the name of Tim, Tim Mann, quite literally. Uh, and they met golfing. You know, Rex sort of like retired in Tennessee, met Tim, who was a fan of the Buffalo Bills when Rex was tanking the Buffalo Bills in his last couple of years as a coach. I, I mean, I don't know if he, if he, he like tanking implies like trying to lose on purpose. Well, I guess uh, incidentally tanking. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Uh, yeah. uh, but essentially, they became buds. And so they decided to run the amazing race together. And yeah, they're Tim is 40, Rex is 59. Mm-hmm. It's it's not looking good. I could go on the John Madden board and draw out a 50 different reasons why we probably will not see these guys past the third leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, I don't think you need to convince any of us, Mike. I want to highlight what I think is the most fascinating piece of the Rex Ryan on the Amazing Race story. Yeah. Which is okay, 
So I think our listeners are familiar with a website called Reality Fan Forum. Okay. Which mm-hmm. uh, every every year, like, and they've been around like almost since the beginning of the Amazing Race, perhaps since the actual beginning. And the crack team at Reality Fan Forum, every season, they are the ones who spoil the Amazing Race. They're like the reality Steve of the franchise. And I dip in there to see like who the teams are. I try to avoid anything about like where they place, but I like to know where they're going and who they are. Um, and they do this amazing job of just following social media. Anytime anybody says anything about, I saw the Amazing Race filming in my town, they jump on these people and get every detail out of them. They get photos of production and they get these grainy photos of people out on the race course, and then they identify who these people are based on like, did somebody say their first name? What Mm -hmm. do they look like? Who's been off of social media for a while? And they're very, very good. Like Derek and Claire, they identified on like day three of filming. Oh, listen, never, never doubt the sleuthing skills of Big Brother fans as the internet has recently proven, Rob, in the past 48 hours. Yeah, so the thing that blows my mind is Reality Fan Forum was able to identify 11 of 12 teams out on the race course. And the person they did not identify was the actual celebrity that was out on the race course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has to be, I think, one of the biggest, like, out of nowhere in terms of, again, the fandom who are in. Because, again, maybe it's just the, the circles that we run in. But, like, look, to be honest, I had heard that Derek and Claire were going to be on the amazing race. I didn't. I heard neither hide nor hair that Rex Ryan was going to be on. Even back in the days when we had, like, you know, Joey Chestnut on. Uh, those types of celebrities, I think, were still relatively flagged. For whatever reason, Rex evaded the radar here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, maybe not NFL fans over there uh, trying to crack uh, the Amazing Race lineup. Yeah, but how is it possible that somebody around the world didn't say, oh my God, I saw Rex Ryan running past me and I think he's on the Amazing Race? Mm-hmm. How did that not happen? Like, it's not just reality fan forum, remember? It's like everybody out in the world. So I don't I, know. I'm boggled by this, and I don't know if that just means they weren't out there long enough for anybody to spot them or what. Well, I'm going to savor it. I'm going to try to enjoy this as much as possible. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Do not feel great about I I feel better about the Jets chances in 2022 (laughs) than I do about Rex on the Amazing Race. Okay. well, what's interesting is we might I might posit a question to like both you both and the audience as well. I think Rex Ryan might be the most famous person to ever be on The Amazing Race. You know, I'd have to go back and flip through, but I would say that's he's in the top five for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I know there have certainly been people that have gone off and like created, you know, fame for themselves. Like Stassi Schroeder, for instance, from Vanderpump Rules was on the family edition. Uh, But I do think when it comes to notoriety going in again, compared to Jimmy Johnson, who I personally think is the most famous person to ever play Survivor. Uh, I think very similar vibes here. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to how you measure fame. Because, uh, I mean, could, uh, maybe you could argue about uh, Tyler Oakley uh, or some mm-hmm. of like the social media or influencers. Yeah. Robin Amber at their height as well. Yeah. Like, as in four. No, to Rex Ryan better than Robin Amber. I, I will say, like, I'm not a sports person and I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Like, if mm-hmm. I was responsible for spoiling The Amazing Race, he'd probably be the 24th person I identify to. Mm-hmm. All right. And so there we have it. All 12 teams. How do you both feel? Do you feel 
more in, in educated by the teams? You ready to draft? Yeah, I mean, I feel good talking them through. Again, we just have so little information to uh, go off of. Usually we're like looking for some sort of like a like a crumb from a bio. Like, oh, OK, they said this. OK, I like that. Uh, really, we're just going uh, a little bit more off of like uh, the like um, trying to figure out like uh, the relationship and, you know, how that's done in the past. OK. Do we have a, a draft order? I think Jess should pick it. She's the one who uh, went all in on Team Holderness last season and won it all. I think uh, she should have the duties of being able to, to figure out who goes yeah. when. Can I also throw something out? Uh, that Please. should we? Okay, there are three of us here. Okay, twelve teams. Uh, while it does, the math does work perfectly. Uh, I, I do like it when there's the possibility that people we didn't draft go on to win uh, and we look foolish. Should we only draft three teams each? Or do you like the symmetry of everybody being drafted? I like the symmetry of everybody being drafted. Okay. I think when there's an odd number, I like having the outlier team. But I think for this exercise... We've got the 12 teams. We never, this never happens. We okay. might as well. All right. Take it. advantage. All right. All right. So Jess, what is the draft order going to be? Um, well, how did, how did you guys do between the two of you? I feel like Rob, maybe we should have you go first because I'm pretty sure that if there was some kind of like scoring metric, I think you were in third. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Historically, uh, not a great, uh, <laughs> Uh, this isn't my best draft. Okay. Yeah, again, much like your beloved Dread Jets, right? Like you don't have a great last season, so you get first pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. Okay. All right. And then who's up second? Uh, followed by Mike, and I'll go third. Okay. Is oh. it a snake draft or is it back uh, one, uh, one, two, three? Let's just go around one, two, three. Okay. All right. I will uh, go with with the first pick uh, overall. Um, I'm just going to go with history here. Uh, I think Marcus and Michael. Yeah, that was going to be my pick as well. I was ready to lose myself with Eminem. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like that historically uh, the team of like two athletic men together um, feels like that that does, uh, you know, really well on the show. That they, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of got hosed on the uh, Eminem uh, pick last season, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, and then um, I don't know. It seemed like uh, you know, uh, both seem like smart guys. Uh, you know, military background. I'll take uh, Marcus and Michael number one. Okay, great, Mike. To you. Yeah. So I'm gonna say, give me a Quentin. Give me a Maddie. I'm going to go with the cheerleaders here. Again, I think they are underrated from a physical perspective and a stamina perspective. seems like they just have a really good head on their shoulders. Uh, and I think, you know, the their ability to, like, have a similar skill set, but I think be diverse enough in the way that they approach things, I think is really the key. I think it's, it's maybe a bit uh, overrated to be like, oh, we help fill in each other's faults. Uh, I do think it, ideally in an amazing race partner, you want to have someone who, like, is good at the same things you're good at, but approach it maybe from a different perspective in case you're not, you don't have the same headspace for it. And I think that Quentin and Maddie, I don't see really any uh, any big red flags with them. And I think from even a physical perspective, they're going to be able to at least muscle the way through the first part of the race. Okay. Solid pick, Mike. All right. So with my pick, I'm going to go with Team Big Brother. Um, okay. 
Look just, at look at this. The only non-Big Brother watcher picking the I, Big Brother team. I, I wanna I wanna reiterate, I did watch this season. So okay. you know, I'm not a Big Brother watcher, but I did watch most of the season that they were on. And so I feel like I did get a handle on their strategic minds. I think they're both solid challenge competitors. And you cannot discount the experience in front of a CBS reality camera. I think that helps them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will be really fun to watch. And uh, my, you know, sort of talking this through, uh, I'm a little regretting that I didn't take them with the first pick. But uh, I'm surprised you didn't. And I'm surprised Mike didn't. Mm hmm. I think I just like really just like going through the teams like, oh, there's only one team. That's two guys. I feel like that that's, uh, you know, usually pretty good. Yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. So who you got next, Rob? Okay. Uh, Then I'm going to go to uh, the other team I had at the top of my draft board. Aubrey and David to me seem like uh, I I know that Aubrey did refer to herself as crazy uh, in her bio, but this just seems like a, a team that um, seems like that they um, have some different skill sets that I feel like um, they are not the super fans, but I definitely feel like that they are a team that could really dominate in a lot of the challenges. So I'm going to go with Aubrey and David. Okay. Uh, And I will follow up with uh, the other dancerly couple here. I'm going to go with Luis and Michelle. I talked before about how I feel like Luis's background as a firefighter, I think, could really help them here. That you have that similar dance background to some of the other teams that we talked about. And I, I think uh, them having a bit of stability in their relationship, from what I'm perceiving, uh, I think will also be able to help their dynamic perhaps a bit as opposed to Aubrey and David, who are a bit more combustible, it seems. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Okay, with my pick, um, I'm just going to go with the team that I feel like I'm going to be cheering for, the team I want to win. So I'm going to go with Asta and Nina. Okay. No, they're they're fans of the show. They're you know they they're only one of they're one of only two female female teams on the board. I I'm going to want them to do well, and I think of the two female female teams, I think they're the ones that are going to go further. Okay, Asta and Nina goes to Jess. Okay, uh, with the sixth pick. All right, on to the second half. Okay. I am going to go with um, I'm going to take uh, Glenda and uh, Lumumba. Oh, nice. Okay. I think they're pretty fun. I feel like that they have a good skill set. I I don't think they're too old for the amazing race. And uh, I feel like that they're going to be a lot of fun. So give me uh, the team in Salmon. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll I'll fish uh, for this next one. Let's continue the streak, I suppose, of teams that seem fun, not to be confused with team fun. Uh, I'll take Rich and Dom here. Okay. Uh, I think that you know did that last minute thing about Dom owning a gym. I think maybe filled in the one possible gap that I had about them with the the lack of physicality. But I think you know this is me personally. I think willing them to do well on the race because they do seem like such an interesting team, and it seems like at least a lot of their skill sets would match up and at least give themselves the mental fortitude to push themselves through the toughest things. Okay. Okay. So then, with my pick, I'll go with the last couple on the board. Give me Abby and Will. I think they're young. They've got a lot of energy. They know each other very well, and they've got a lot of book smarts. So. I think their youth might not be on their side, but 
let's see. Let's see him surprise us. I think that's a steal at number nine. I think you're right. Okay. All right. So, look, while this man... Do it! Was made, Do it! Made oh, some draft picks uh, that didn't oh, Rob. work out um, as planned. And I could name them all, okay? I have to uh, take uh, T-Rex. Yes! Yes! Tim yes! and Rex. How they were not the last team off the board is shocking. But no, you shocking. have, that was, to, you have to, that was a hard pick. That was a hard pick, Jess. Them. Yeah, exactly. If, look, I'm, rooting, if, I'm rooting for Rob. If either Emily and Molly or Linton and Sharik win the Amazing Race, so be it, okay? I already blew it by not taking them in the first three rounds. I mean, listen, how many opportunities does Rob Sassino get to actually draft someone affiliated with the New York Jets on a reality and how many show. times do I want to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not since uh, we had the, uh, you know, former Jets cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. Very true. Uh, again, speaking of cheerleaders back in the day of Tiffany and Krista. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So, yeah, I am. I am making technically the last pick here and relegating Jess. Look, I love me some symmetry. I've picked only male female teams so far. Let's continue this square dance and do si do. I got to pick Linton and Sharif. Uh, that, well, well, that was a misdirect. When Mike said, I love symmetry, I said, okay. Uh, yeah. No. But they're not identical. Not identical. <laughs> That's why he's a big symmetry fan. All right. Linton and Sharif. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is a team that could surprisingly do well. I don't want to come and be like, oh, I think I made a steal. But I, I do think that this is. Perhaps maybe age sort of precedes the way that we're perceiving them. Much like we keep talking about, again, father-daughter duos tend to make it at least pretty well into the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I think I think it's a solid pick. I think that's I probably would have gone there, um, but I'm not unhappy with having Emily and Molly on my team. I think they have an interesting story at least. So we'll have to see how they do. I don't think they're out first. So I don't think the fact that we drafted them last means anything. Okay. All right. So to review, our Amazing Race drafted teams are, for Rob, it's Marcus and Michael. It is, uh, oh, I, can't, I can't read my own handwriting, as uh, Aubrey and David. It is uh, Glenda and Lamumba, and then Tim and Rex. Michael, who did you come away with? So I have the cheerleaders, uh, Quentin and Maddie. I have the uh, the married couple, Luis and Michelle. I have the uh, dating motivational speakers, Rich and Dom. And then finishing it up with the father-daughter team of Linton and Shriek. Okay. And Jess? Okay. So I've got team big brother, Derek and Claire. I have Asta and Nina. I have childhood sweethearts, Abby and Will. And I have separated twins, Emily and Molly. Okay. And that is your Amazing Race 34 draft. All right. Should be fun. And we are what? Um, one week away? Eight days away? Yeah. And, and I mean, it really snuck up on us fast. It doesn't help that the CBS reality is such a wonky schedule right now. Right. Like tomorrow. You talk is us through it, Mike. OK. So Give us the next couple of Wednesdays. Exactly. I feel like I'm doing a weather forecast here for your, for your reality television. So if you're a fan of CBS reality TV. This will hopefully recalibrate you. Tomorrow is going to be a one-hour episode of Big Brother and then the two-hour finale of The Challenge USA. The Challenge USA is officially Dunzo, not Enzo, <laughs> as of tomorrow. Then 
next Wednesday, September 21st, mm-hmm. two-hour premiere of Survivor 43 and the one-hour premiere of The Amazing Race 34, which is also, it's so odd. I think this, this has to be the first time ever that we have 43 and 34, um, considering that, you know, Survivor has now done away with the theming and now has just titled themselves numbers. I'm sure there are many confused people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, September 28th is the really weird one where now it is still Survivor and it's still Amazing Race. There's no Big Brother that night, despite the fact that the season is technically, uh, I, no, it's not still going. It will, it will have finished just a few days ago. Uh, but they are doing two 90-minute episodes. So a 90-minute episode two of Survivor and a 90-minute episode two of The Amazing Race will be a very interesting experiment. Uh, I can't think of maybe any time we've had, maybe about like a 90-minute premiere, perhaps, mm-hmm. back in the old days of The Amazing Race. But I'll be intrigued to see how different it ends up feeling. And then the week after, starting on October 5th, we get started, settled into a schedule for the next couple of months, at least. 8 p.m. One Hour Survivor, 9 p.m. One Hour The Real Love Boat, which I guess could be a subtitle for this season, considering how many freaking couples are on it. And then the love 10 plane. PM, exactly. And then 10 p.m. One hour, the amazing race. Okay. I, it just occurred to me, I think they did that specifically so that people could catch Survivor Know It Alls and then hop back on to CBS. Oh, to watch yeah. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, it was Steven, nice of them to do that. <laughs> Steven likes to get it uh, over by uh, 10 o'clock anyway. So that's perfect. Yeah. And not that, you know, and I know I'm a noted fan of the amazing race, Steven Fishback. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. No, noted uh, again, no alternate universe, maybe perhaps previous contestant of the amazing race in a different variety. Yeah. Okay. Too. All right, Mike, thanks for uh, talking that all through for us. Uh, Jess, what's going on uh, for you these days? Um, well, over at Post Show Recaps, I've been talking through Tales of the Walking Dead with our friend Josh Wiggler and AJ Mass and Chappelle. And mm-hmm. we are going to be covering the last two episodes of that season this week. Um, and then that's just in time for regular Walking Dead to start back up. Uh, really, much like the zombies on the program itself, it will never die, even though this is the final season. Um, we still have many, many spinoffs out there in the world that we'll be covering. And all things zombie can be found over postshowrecaps.com. I also managed to review Tales of the Walking Dead for Variety, oh. which was oh. a fun thing that I got to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, um, really great experience there, and I hope I will get to do more for them in the future. Um, I can retweet that link out there so you can find it on my social media. Okay, uh, Jess, great getting to have uh, some podcasting to do with you here again on The Amazing Race. Looking forward to getting together again next week. Mike, what's coming up for you? Oh, boy, a lot, a lot. So we, we kept mentioning Survivor. Uh, Rob, at this point, you and I have seven and a half hours, basically, of preseason content out there for Survivor 43. I had the chance to interview the contestants preseason. You and I listened back to those interviews, talk through getting to know these 18 players. Uh, That is all up, as well as in written form over at Parade.com. Speaking of Parade, for this upcoming Amazing Race season, as well as Survivor season, Exit Press will be happening. Those will be happening on Thursdays as Assumingly, most weeks we'll be talking with an eliminated team. So very much going to keep staying on that streak up at Parade.com, where I am also doing exit press for Big Brother and the Challenge USA as those are finishing up. Uh, the B&B is going to be returning with Liana. I think we'll be doing a Survivor 43 preseason show and then kicking things off with our usual 
weekly rigmarole of fun and games going on is starting next week. Finally finishing up Survivor South Africa as well, doing the last couple deep dives. And that's not even talking about post-show recaps. Uh, so House of the Dragon, recapping that with Grace Leader. Uh, very intrigued, Rob, to get your thoughts on this past week's episode. Uh, really uh, looking forward to getting to talk about it with Josh. I only watched it last night. Yeah, a very polarizing episode, I would say, from uh, across the internet. So lots of perspectives. I thought there. it was the best one from the season. Oh, interesting. Okay, so excited to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I'm, of course, covering The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power as well, doing some Andor coverage, starting something new with Josh Wiggler as well that we'll be announcing this week. So, yeah, fall has has truly happened. I'm just uh, chugging PSLs at this point and plugging away on podcasts. <laughs> PSRs, and I, yeah. And I, and I have PSLs on PSRs, and I, I cannot be happier. And I'm excited to get back and end doing this, you know, getting to do the, the weekly recaps as well of these these you know, late night installments of the Amazing Race 34. Okay. Well, this was a lot of fun to get back together. We'll also hopefully have an Amazing Race exit press uh, for you this season as well. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.